Welcome to the Memorial Sermon Podcast. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your walk with God and drive you closer to Jesus. For more information about our church, visit our website, nbcmetairie.org. Now here's this week's message. Now today I want to talk about you guys being here. I want to talk about being an example. I want to talk about being an example, and, and our students this morning have been, uh, they've used 1 Timothy uh, 4, 11 through 16. We'll get to there in just a second. Can I share with you guys a story, something that happened to me, golly, years ago uh, in a situation that happened with a, a ninth grader? I was, uh, I was working as a youth minister. I was doing youth ministry. This was like 20 years ago now. Man, I'm old. And uh, we were at a little rural church, and I had been pouring myself out into students. I had been pouring myself out physically, mentally, emotionally. Sometimes ministry can just take its toll. And one day I was sitting with one of our ninth graders and uh, he was one of those pretty, pretty mature for his age. And uh, because we had such a good relationship, because he was uh, so mature, we were able to just kind of talk through some things. And as we were just sitting back and talking and, and, and just going over some different things, I, I began to share with him just how emotionally drained I was. Have you ever been there? I know many of the adults across this room, they've just been emotionally drained. And I was just, just telling him, hey, I'm real. You know, I'm not some superhero, you know, I'm not, you know, some super, you know, youth pastor or anything like that. And I was sharing with him how I was fighting for joy. I was like, man, I really wish I had joy. I mean, I, I, sometimes I go to church and I, I feel like I'm going through the motions, but I was like, I really feel like I'm fighting for joy. I was dealing with some burnout and he looks right back at me. This ninth grader looks right back at me and he says this. He says, well, Dan, have you prayed for it? Have you prayed for joy? Have you prayed for strength? Have you prayed for God to restore you? Well, the first thing, I was floored, okay? I was convicted. I was encouraged. But because here I have been pouring out, pouring out, and in that moment, here, listen to this. This ninth grade guy in our youth group told me exactly what I needed to hear. And I answered and I said, you know what? I haven't prayed for joy. I haven't prayed for God to restore me and for strength and give me my passion back. And I went home and I called out to God. And wouldn't you know, God began to fill me up again. Give me a second wind, if you will. Sometimes you just ask God, God, I pray that you would just give me that second win. And he did that in my life. Now, this particular student way back in ninth grade, he is now, uh, he's now a husband. He is now a father. He now has a receding hairline. All of those things, you know, those things may come in your life. But I can go back 20 years ago of how a ninth grader encouraged me. And so I want you guys to be reminded of that passage that you shared with us. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And don't think I can't have an impact. That's for the older folks to have. No, God has called each and every one of us to have an impact and you are called to have an impact as well by setting the example. All throughout the scriptures, all throughout the scriptures, doesn't God use young people? I mean, think through the scriptures. Think through guys like, like Joseph and how God raised him up. And even though he had some terrible situations in his life, God used him in the house of Potiphar. 
He became a leader. God used this young man in the nation of Egypt to become the second in command, a leader. God used a guy like Samuel. He raised up a young guy named Samuel. God used King David. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, how God used King David. Yeah, he was in, he was in the field. And right now you might feel like, oh man, I'm in the field of my life. I'm watching sheep. I'm not doing very much. I don't even get a paycheck. You know, you guys take up the offering and talk about, you know, giving towards an air conditioning system. Pastor Dan, I I don't even get a paycheck. But I want you to hear this loud and clear. You're in the field of your life and you can still make a difference. I think about stories of like King Josiah. King Josiah, who became king at eight years old and how God used him. I think about Jesus at the temple, 12 years old, 12 years old, instructing the adults, the disciples. You think of the 12 disciples. And one of the things that I'm convinced of, I don't know if maybe you've ever heard this, but I believe that most of the 12 disciples, regardless of how they're depicted in many of the TV shows that we watch, but most of the 12 disciples were probably teenagers. Grab hold of that. Now we know that Peter, Peter had a, he was older, had a wife and uh, had, you know, we had a mother-in-law. It talks about Jesus coming into his house and healing his mother-in-law. But the rest of them, we t- it talks about the, uh, the disciples coming into Jerusalem in Matthew chapter 17. And only Jesus and Peter paid the temple tax going into the temple. You had to be 20 years old. Once you turned 20, that's when you paid the temple tax. Some of y'all remember the story of, okay, Peter, go out, throw out a hook and, and catch a fish. And in the fish, there's going to be the coin in its mouth. That's that story. Paying the temple tax when you were 20 years old. Only two people paid that, Jesus and Peter. The rest of them, we have this indication that they may have just walked right in because they're probably teenagers. And so I think about even guys like Timothy who we'll be looking at today. Timothy was a young guy. He was from an area, a city called Lystra and Derbe, is an area of Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey. And he had a Jewish mother who became a Christian and a Greek father. So grab this. Mom was a Christian. Dad wasn't. He was in that kind of household. Do we have those kind of households in our lives today? Absolutely. One parent might be a Christian. One parent might not be. And he was that kind of guy. And the Apostle Paul met him during his second missionary journey. And he becomes the Apostle Paul's companion and missionary partner. And so I know that you guys were able to read that passage. Y'all read it in the uh, Christian Standard Bible. And so today, I thought, you know what? I thought I, being, being an older guy, you know, I thought I'd blow off my, uh, blow the dust off my old King James this morning and, uh, and read it out of the, the old King James. And so I'd like to do that. First, Tim, First Timothy chapter four, and I'm going to start in verse 11. It says, these, these things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Be an example. That's what Paul says to you. It's what he says to Timothy here. Be an example in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. He says, until I come, give attendance to the the reading and exhortation to doctrine. So it's talking about learn the word of God. Speak the word of God. That's what it's talking about. 
Until I come, give attendance to reading and exhortation. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Here's something that I want you to understand here today. Each and every one of you guys has a gift. Don't think that I've got to be 18 years old in order to use my gift. You have been gifted in some incredible ways. This church across the board, adults in this room, you have been gifted in incredible ways. And what the Apostle Paul is reminding each and every one of us today is don't neglect it. Use it. God has given it to you for a purpose. After that, it goes on, it says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that by thy profiting you may uh, appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing them thou shalt save yourself and both those that hear thee. And so Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, don't let anybody look down on you. Don't let anybody despise your youth, but set an example. And here's what I want to talk about today, of how God is looking for students and He's looking for men and women here today who do not compartmentalize their lives. Do you know what I mean when I say compartmentalize your lives? Well, for you guys, it might look like, well, I know that there's school in my life. I know that there's sports in my life. I know that there's, there's friends and there's family in my life. And I've got those things. Might be dating in your life. And then God. And what happens is a lot of times is we compartmentalize. And God is only one of those compartments. He's only one of those containers, if you will. And a lot of times that's what happens in each and every one of our lives. And so God is looking for young people just like you. And he's looking for older people just like you that will say, God, you can have all of me. And I want you not to just be one part of my life, not just one container of my life, but I want you to be over all of my life. I want you to be involved in every single part. I think of guys like Tim Tebow. Now, I know that I'm getting into controversial when I, you know, controversy when I bring up Tim Tebow, okay? Some that might love him, some that might not love him, but regardless, you can't deny the guy walks the walk and talks the talk. You can't deny it. He did it as a young man on the field and he's doing it as an adult even today. And this is what he said. He said, my faith isn't just a little piece of my life. Do you hear that, teenagers? My faith in Christ, it's not just this piece of my life. It's not just this compartment of my life. It says, it is my life. It is my life. I'm definitely not ashamed of it. And so I just wanted very briefly today, just go over those five things that the Apostle Paul told Timothy. He said, look, I want you to set the example. And he gives him five different areas. And so maybe this morning, if you were able to pick up a set of notes, you guys can jot this down too. And so here's what I want you to see this morning, is that God wants young people to passionately lead the body of Christ. God's calling you to step up like you have here today and to passionately lead. And we do that by number one, the way you talk. The way you talk. 
He says to Timothy, set an example for believers in speech. Now, there's nothing that lets people know what you're all about, okay? Faster than, you, than the way that you talk. <laughs> I almost would think, some people, I'm like, man, you just need to be quiet. You need to shut your mouth because, you know, when, when they open their mouth, we find out exactly what's in their heart, and that's scriptural. Bible says whatever is in, uh, you know, Matthew chapter 12, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I think that it would be easy for us here today to say, okay, Pastor Dan, I don't need to, I don't need to talk dirty. I don't need to say cuss words. I don't need to tell dirty jokes or maybe cut people down. But if that's the case, then we could talk about neutral things all all, all day long. You know, Sam mentioned, you know, the different religions that are in your school. Well, you could keep, you could pacify everybody by not saying anything at all. You don't have to not cuss and not, you know, tell dirty jokes and things like that. You could just say neutral things. But does that set the example that Christ wants you to live? And so here's what I want us to understand is that young people, you will blow your friends' minds. You'll blow adults' minds if you will speak about the things of God with passion, with knowledge, and with intelligence. There's a lot of people out there, adults, who have picked up things about God that they've heard from others. And the reality is that I find with adults is they really, many of them really don't know the word. They don't know the word of God. In fact, there's sometimes I hear adults talk about God and, and, and things. And I'm like, man, do, do you know, do you know your head from a hole in the ground? Like, like, and you as a student have the opportunity to say, no, I'm going to speak about God. And let me tell you, when you speak, they listen. I've been preaching for a long time. I've been leading for a long time. But you know what I've found? When a young person speaks, people listen. I could preach all day long. People go, well, that's just his job. That's what he does. But when you do it, their ears perk up and they take it to heart and it pierces their heart. And so when they listen, you don't have to be pushy or passive, but I'm talking about being passionate. I'm talking about passionately talking about the things of God. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to set the example in the way that you talk. The second thing that he talks about here is God wants young people to passionately lead the body of Christ in the way that they act, okay? Now, one of the passages, in a sense, it almost haunts me. We'll put it up here on the screen. It's 1 Corinthians uh, 11, verse 1. And, and the Apostle Paul is, is, is writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, you know what? He says, you know what? You want to know what, what, what walking like Christ looks like? You want to know what living for Jesus looks like? The Apostle Paul says, just look at me. Man, that's, that's tough. What if you were to turn to any of your friends or adults? What if you were to turn to your coworkers or the people around you and say, you want to know how to walk like Christ? Look at me. That almost sounds arrogant, doesn't it? But the Apostle Paul comes on the scene and he says, not arrogantly, but humbly, he says, look, I am striving to live for Christ. And so if you want to know what it looks like to live for Christ, look at me. And so he says, you set the example in the way that you act. 
You are called to passionately set the example in the way that you live your life. I want to tell you guys a story. Years ago, I was in college, and I went with a friend. They, had, they were from Oklahoma. And so in college, you have the opportunity. Some of your friends will live from around here. Some of them won't. And so I was, I was uh, with a friend who had, had spent ample amount of time in Oklahoma, grew up there and whatnot. And so anyway, I went with them and, and we were doing some things. It was around this time of year that they had a judgment house at their church. And so anyway, that was one of the things that we did while we were there. I met a, I met a guy around my age whose name was Harold. And Harold had just gotten saved the week before. He was on fire for Jesus. He was on fire. So we spent all kinds of time together. And he said, hey, how about you guys come over to my house? We'll cook some food and we'll watch a movie one night. I said, man, that sounds great. Let's do it. So we go over to his movie and he pops in a movie. And again, you got to remember, he's only been a Christian for a week but he loves Jesus and he's so passionate about him. So we pop in this movie and this movie happens to be a rated R movie. And, you know, and, and before we know it, they're dropping all kinds of words. They're not worried at all about the way that they talk. And so it goes on for about 15 minutes and he kind of looks at me and I'm just kind of trying to play it smooth or whatever. And he looks right back at me. Harold looks at me and I'll never forget what he said. He goes, I'm being convicted. He'd only been a Christian for a week. He said, God doesn't want us to watch this right now. And you know what we did? Wasn't, wasn't silly or anything like that. We pulled, this is back in the day we had DVDs. We pulled the movie out and we put a new one in. And we had the best time hanging out that night. When you decide to stand for Christ, not in an arrogant way, not in a pushy way, but in a way that says, you know what, I'm just, I'm not about that. God's done some things in my life. People listen. And he had only been a Christian for a week. How long have you been a Christian for? See, it makes a big difference. People will listen to you. And, and in the midst of that, you know, in the way that you act, in, in your convictions, but then there's other areas of your life in the way that you act. Can, can I just give you some words of, of wisdom coming from, uh, from, from an older guy who's done it? Let me encourage you with this. Young people, don't be flaky. Don't be flaky. My oldest daughter um, was, uh, the other day, she, she, sometimes she wants to dress like an animal and act like an animal and all that kind of thing. And so we were, we were having a fun time. And I said, okay, animal, what's your name? And she looks right back at me and she says, Snowflake. And I said, no, we're not going to use that name. That, that, you, you don't understand this fully right now, but we're, we're, you know, let, let's, let's find a different name. No one respects a person who, who can't make a decision and stick with it. But if you make a commitment, and if you will show up early, if you will stay late, if you will do extra, if you won't get distracted, and then you come back and you do it the next week, if you will do those basic things, I guarantee you, you will command respect from your fellow peers and from adults and even unbelievers. If you will go above and beyond and not be flaky, if you will work hard in school, if you'll be kind and be generous. And here's the thing that I want to really encourage you with. Become, even at your age, listen to me, become the mentor that other students need. You guys, God has given you an incredible youth pastor. 
He has really poured into you guys over the past year and a half. I'm thankful for him. But there's going to be places in your heart and in your life that even Brother Cameron can't reach into. And you're going to wish that you had this person in your life. You know what my encouragement to you? Become that person for somebody else. And so we see that in the way that you act. God also wants you, young people, to, to be passionately lead the body of Christ in the way that you love. Young people, I, I don't know if you know this, but man, young people, sometimes I've, I've been around school and I've been around uh, other folks. Man, they can be brutal. That mean girls thing, that thing is real, okay? And so when we think about um, looking over people in our lives and saying, you know what? I'm going to lift people up. I'm going to care about people. I'm going to love on other people. I was looking over the Suicide Prevention Resource Center's website this week. Did you know this? That many high school students report thinking about suicide. In 2014, suicide was the leading cause of death among young people ages 13 to 19. Second cause of death. And when you love others, you might be the very person to save their life. So when you walk into a room, and this is for adults too, when you walk into a room, don't just be looking for your friends. Don't just be looking for the people that you are most comfortable talking to. Oh, there you are, and slide over, over that way. When you look around a room, Look, be the eyes, be the ears, be the hands and feet of Jesus. God is calling you to look around. Look around and say, who needs friends in this room? Look for the shy one. Look for the lonely one. You might be the only person that they need in that moment. And you might quite literally save their life. And you might be the only version of Jesus that someone sees. And God is calling you to set the example by loving and taking responsibility for others. The fourth thing that I want us to see is that he calls us to believe in, in speech and life and love and faith. And it's so I want us to see that God wants young people to passionately lead the body of Christ in this way, by the way that you believe. Now, one of the most popular movies that I watch today are, are spy movies. Do you have good spy movies that you love? Do you guys have good spy movies? Do you have James Bond? Do you have Mission Impossible? Spies Like Us? All those, all those good spy movies that, that you watch. Sometimes I wonder if we'd have allowed this, this uh, spy mentality to seep into our spiritual life. Our faith, our belief in God, His work in our lives is one of the most important parts of the Christian life. But nevertheless, it's almost like we're a, a secret operative and we're not vocal about our faith. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you guys here today? Don't be a secret operative Christian where you don't let anyone know who you are. You're secret. You're stealthy. No, God's called you to speak about him. I was thinking about this week, um, how you can be the very person that fuels other people's lives. Have you ever seen those planes? A lot of times they're military planes. Sometimes they're government planes. And they fly over other planes. 
in order to refuel them. Have you ever seen those types of planes? You know what I'm talking about? So essentially they fly over and they're, they're just big tanker planes and they do these cool maneuvers where they've got to set themselves up and they will actually refuel the plane while it's in the air. I was thinking about that example and I was thinking about us as believers and, and you guys as teenagers. God has called you to be that refueling plane. What happens if the plane doesn't get fuel? It crashes. And your faith in God is like fuel to others. And when you speak into their life and when you talk to them, you are refueling, not their plane, but their soul. And God's called you to set the example in the way that you believe. There's one last thing that I want to remind us of is that God wants young people to passionately lead speech and life and love and faith. The last thing is impurity. He wants you to remain spotless. Now, this is something that I know that, that you know, that uh, God is calling you to live a pure life. And, and that's not to restrict you. And I think that y'all know that. God wants you to live in purity, but it's not just so that you can say that you're pure or pat yourself on the back. He's not doing that to keep you from having your fun. That's not why God calls us to set the example in purity. He's calling us to set the example in purity and to remain spotless because he wants you to look different. He wants you to be different. One of the things that will inevitably happen to you if you have small children, particularly toddlers, so that, again, I'm talking to maybe an older group here, but particularly if you have toddlers, is that it, it will happen, is that at some point you will be in a public place or you will be on a road trip if you have younger siblings and inevitably you'll either be going down the road or you'll be in that public place and they will look at you and they will say something like this, I need to go potty. And there's nothing that makes an, a parent's heart drop or at least maybe get into emergency, urgency mode quite like those words. And so when you do that, sometimes you, you don't know where the closest bathroom is. And so sometimes you find a bathroom, and let's just be honest with you, you this, some of those bathrooms that you walk into, they just need to be burned to the ground in order to get all the germs off, Okay. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And so you, you go into that, and as a parent, you walk in, and you look at them, and you say, okay, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. And then, lo and behold, they're going to touch something. And then you're like, no! Y'all all have been, y'all have been there. That's why they're laughing. As a parent, you walk in. Here's what I want you to hear about purity, teenagers. As a young person, you're going to go into all different types of environments. You're going to be in all different types of environments. Some will be cleaner than others. And the reason that God wants you to remain clean and pure is the same reason that we don't want our kids to touch random stuff because we don't want them to get sick. And God doesn't want you to get spiritually sick. And it's a crazy thing that happens, especially as, as a parent is that I want you to know how much, as a parent and as leaders at Memorial, how much we love you and how much we care about you. And you know what happens as a parent? When we see our kids get sick, we want to take their place. I want you to know that I've seen teenagers come through youth ministries for years 
and some of them fall away. And you know what my heart says? I wish that I could just take their place. I wish that I could show them that I, w- I wish that if that I could take their place. So when they go down that road, that they could see that it's such a dead end that we desire maybe even in some cases to walk that for you. Because I don't know when when you see a child get sick, you go, I want to take your place. And isn't it amazing that that's exactly what Jesus did? He looks at all of us, youth included, and he says, you know what? I see your sickness. I see, I see all that, all your sin. I see all the mistakes that you've made. I see the, the roads that you've been down. I see your past. I see all of that. And you know what? I want to take your place. And that's exactly what he did. That he came 2000 years ago to die on the cross because we were sick. And he looked down at us and he said, I want to take your place. And he did. And it's when we receive Him as our Lord and Savior that that's when He changes our life. He takes our place. He takes our sin. And then He sends us out to live for Him. Young people, you've, called, you've been called to be the example. You've been called to lead Memorial Baptist Church. You're not just a part of a youth group. Is youth ministry doing ministry to youth? Or is it youth doing ministry? I would venture to say, that it's the latter.